1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. All thanks to McDonald's Makers, together and loving it. t apply. He knows when they have their first start in Australia. He tells us what oil the trainers use in their cars. Who knows? Night exports at gmail.com. They know. Garrick R. Knight on Twitter. You know what I mean. Garrick, how are you? Mate. Hey, how well, are you goblin, man. Right? Good mate. How mate? Very good. Oh, it's my, I, only, I only do it for 60 seconds a week, well, 30 seconds it <laughs> takes me to read it out, but I do love doing it, and uh, yeah, let's,
0: uh, let's... A bit of a patchy connection, just just uh, on the lead-in there, things are chopping in and out, so if I struggle to hear you, you'll know why, it's it's not your fault, obviously, just uh, one of those days where the connection might be a little bit off, but we'll try our best.
1: Yeah, no, I'm getting you loud and clear, mate, now... No no horses uh, of real interest to us uh, that we can add anything to. There's none in Victoria. You said there was one at uh, Newcastle, but you had nothing to really add about it. So I've sort of had this in the back of my mind for a while for this very, uh, for this very day when it popped up. Talk a little bit about uh. what owners should be asking of a bloodstock agent or of a trainer when, when they're buying a horse from New Zealand, you know, and I suppose kicking uh. it off. Would you get a vet check? To every single time you buy a horse from New Zealand.
0: Yeah, look, there's a lot of. Um, I figured we'd go with the, we'd we'd loosely call it a, a beginner's introduction to to buying a horse from New Zealand. Um, yeah. yeah, once you, once you've sort of decided on the horse, um, the first and and you've negotiated a price, the first step, um, is the vet test. I'll always tell all, all my buyers they ask, or even if they don't, I'll recommend a vet test. 90 to 95% of them will get get them done. The only ones that don't usually will be the very cheap ones. You know, less than 10 grand kind of horses. Um, And that's that's at their discretion. I mean, if if it's a young horse, hasn't had a lot of starts, has been consistent, hasn't dropped out in any of its races, never hangs, um, you know, and it's cheap or whatever, you know, if it's low risk, shall we say, of having yeah. issues, um, we don't we don't get invented, but most do. Especially, um, you know, once you get up in the costs and things. I mean a, a, the basic sort of the work that we'll get will get done is what they call a stage one and two, which involves flexions and um a few other inspections and you get a scope done to make sure that there's no airway issues or throat issues. Um over time, I've sort of I've sort of set it on that as as being the the template for a pre-purchase. I know other buyers, um, some of the more prolific and expensive buyers from say Perth, and I know there's one big importer from Melbourne um, who might have won a New Zealand Cup or two. Um, you know, gets full X-ray workup done on on most or all of their buyers, You know, which what they call Hong Kong protocol, which is. You know, designed for the by the jockey club over there for the gallopers they import, and it's pretty much taking like you know 40 or 50 x ray slides of every joint and leg. So, um, yeah, we don't usually get that done unless, unless a vet on initial inspection would say to us, Hey, look, um, yeah, yeah. just a little bit concerned about this or that, maybe worth a scan or or an x ray. But generally, that kind of thing is deemed a little bit excessive unless it's a very, very expensive horse.
1: Do you recommend a vet to the to the buyer when they're buying one through you to that? Because like, I wouldn't have a clue, mate. Who who I wouldn't know one vet in New Zealand. So will you say, oh, he's in, he's at Christchurch, and there's a vet in Christchurch I use regularly who is X. Just give them a ring. Is that oh, sort of thing? Well, look,
0: look. Generally speaking, let's just. There's about half a dozen or so agents. You know that service most of the industry, and I think generally we all sort of use the same vets in the same regions. You know, the key part yeah. here is different parts of New Zealand. You've got Southland, Bicargo. There's really only one vet clinic down there for a long time that's that's been insured. That's the key thing with these vets is they've got to be insured to do pre-purchase investigation and you know and, um, inspections now. And the ones that aren't insured won't touch them. They won't they won't sign off on a horse's um, you know fitness and well-being. Yeah. I guess the theory is that if, if the horse breaks down, they're susceptible to being sued. I suppose, um, but yeah, different regions, different vets. Canterbury. I'm just in the process of booking one this morning, actually in Canterbury, and there's there's four or five vets that I would use as regularity. Generally speaking, mate, it's whichever one is available the first. It's like sometimes you'll ring your favourite one, and they'll say, "Hey, can't do it for three or four days." Or next week, even, and you think, uh, okay, I'll go to the next one on the list and see if they can do it tomorrow. So, um, there's some you don't use, you learn pretty quickly to avoid them for various reasons. Um, Yeah, and again, most agents will have their network of of vets that they use, you know, depending on which region of the country it's in.
1: I've heard you mention a lot of times about gear, horses wearing spreaders or something of the like in New Zealand. Is that something that buyers should really be looking closely at when they're buying a horse, like if they're looking at replays from New Zealand of the horse or or whatever, is that something they should really be focusing in on, what gear that horse is wearing?
0: Yeah, definitely,
1: Um, and to be fair, I usually won't even bother
0: quoting a horse that wears spreaders because I've found, you know, most discerning Australian and American buyers just won't touch them because you know there's enough risk involved with buying horses in the first instance, and adding adding to that by getting a horse that maybe you know a knee or crossfires or you know whatever you know has, has other gait deficiencies. Um, you know, so there's some horses where that manage because it, it stops them from doing that. Um, you know, and, it, and it's help rather than a hindrance, but. There's others that even with them on you know are still what we call knee knockers, and yeah. you don't want horses like that, especially for tracks like Gloucester park um yeah. you know, a half mile track where they really run run hard. you can't have any issues with your gait whatsoever over there you've got to, you've gotta be perfect um it's it's less of an issue at say an angle where it's a big yep. track, big sweeping bends um yeah so but generally speaking, horses that we spreaders. Even the one-legged ones, go straights. Um, people generally won't spend a lot of money on those ones. If it's also a big motor that wears spreaders and it's cheap, you might find the, you know, you might sell the odd one of them. But generally, if you look through the fields in New Zealand nowadays, you'll see a lot of horses wearing spreaders. That's mainly because they're what we'll call the, not the runts, the litter, but. Yeah, what I'm trying to say
1: is they're the ones sort of left over that no one wants to buy because of their, yeah. their gate issues. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. What What about gate speed? Is it like a lot of people would think? uh, I'll get if I want a horse from New Zealand, I want a horse going to have a bit of gate speed. But I sort of use Andy Gath as the example. He's got a lot of horses from New Zealand. And you've come on here and said, "Oh, it really doesn't have much gate speed, or hasn't shown much gate speed." For whatever reason, they've got gate speed. Once Andy's got him, whether he talks to him in the stable and explains to him what they have to do, I'm not sure. But for me personally, it wouldn't <laughs> worry me one iota if they've had gate speed in New Zealand or not, because I figure you can train that into him somehow. Obviously,
0: yeah, gate gate speed is vitally important um, in Australia. It's just it's it's especially at the metro tracks. You know, Melton Saturday night, Gloucester Park Friday, Menangle, Albion Park. Uh, Saturday nights you've got to have that tactical speed if you want to be a threat yeah. um, but it, you're right it, it's often not apparent with New Zealand horses especially in Canterbury because they're just so in love with standing starts down in Canterbury All well, those old school <laughs> horsemen and a lot yeah. of the races are programmed for standing starts and um, look a lot of it's to a horse's benefit you know Keep keeping horses um, you know not, not let them get wound up and Overstimulated by mobile racing, especially when they're young horses. I was talking to Colin DeFilippi last week. I mean, he's been in the game 50 years. He's won a New Zealand Cup, amongst many other things. And he had the horse having its first mobile start last Friday night at about start number 10. And he said, Yeah, I've purposely avoided the mobiles all the way through. I just wanted to keep them happy and calm from a standing start. Um, so that is an issue. It's hard. You find a horse you like. But there's no evidence that it's got any gate speed. There's not, that's not to say it doesn't have it. But if you can't see it, you are running a risk. Probably the biggest lesson I've learned as an agent was buying a horse that won its debut down south very, very impressively. Yeah. Hugely impressive win from a standing start. Absolutely could not go a yard behind the mobile. Just fall off the yeah. gate. So yeah. Yeah. Once it went to... It actually was sold to America. Once it went to America, we obviously it's all mobile racing. Um, that horse was at the back back of the field a furlong after the start every single time. Impossible. Um, so yeah, available valuable lesson there. You, you generally want to see horses that have got mobile experience.
1: We've got we've got a couple more minutes yet. JD will cut in when we're about thirty seconds away for us. But cost to travel them to Australia and like in round figures, there's two different ways I assume by boat or by plane. And and then do people get in, take insurance out when they buy the horses?
0: I'll give you, yeah, we'll use this as the, the final segment here, the cost. So um, let's just say you buy a horse from New Zealand for $20,000, okay? That's just the cost of the horse. You're going to be looking at between 500 and and 1000 for the vet work, depending on which region the horse is based. If it's in Canterbury or Southland, you're going to be faced with at least another $1,300 to truck it up to Auckland because they only fly out of Auckland now and a, lot, a large proportion of the horses come from down south. So that's an added cost. You've then got your flight. Um, if you're flying to Sydney, it's about nearly 6,000. If you're flying to Melbourne, a little less. If you're flying to America, 35,000 roughly, give or take. Yep. Um, you've got to pay HRNZ $400 to get it transferred and cleared. You've got to pay the truck to get it the airport. You then have to go and pay Harness Racing Australia as well um, if you want to register it with them. If it's a gelding, two thousand four hundred dollars. If it's if it's a, a mare, five um, run... or older, it's cheap. But it's only about. We're going to um,
1: run into the. We're going to run into a break in a sec. So about what ten thousand dollars to get them to Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane with all those costs? Is that a is that a rule of thumb?
0: Yeah, mate. Plus you plus you've got GST. You got to pay GST. To the Australian government on the value of the horse, you got to pay biosecurity costs. Um, yeah, it just never ends, and it's it's unfortunate. You know, I'm just keep constantly getting advised of rising costs everywhere across the board. But people keep buying them, so I don't know if they're suckers for punishment. But yeah, it's very expensive the cost of the horses. You know, probably only two thirds of
1: the actual ticket. Gary, thanks, mate, for coming on. We just hit in with that break that, but uh, we got we got it all out of here anyway. I think so. Thanks, buddy. I'll speak to you next week. Hopefully, we've got some horses. See you, yes, mate. See you, buddy. See you, Gary. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks, mate.